Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in lovely Greenville, South Carolina. And all of my contact information, as I always say, is in the show notes. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, that's where you need to go if you don't already have my contact information. Um, and just a reminder, as always, if you enjoy the show, if you benefit from the show, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Please leave a rating. Please leave a review. Uh, it will only take you a second to hit the five-star button. Uh, it'll only take you probably 10 seconds to leave a short snippet review. But that just kind of tells me that you're thankful. That helps to get the show out to more people. And I'd appreciate that. And of course, if you need a realtor for any reason, I am the person to reach out to. I can help you out for any of your buyer or seller needs on the residential side of things. Today, we are going to have a brief, I think, um, it's an unscripted episode, so I can't promise it'll be brief if I go on a tangent, but I believe it will be a brief episode um, covering a, a snapshot, a little snippet of the current market. And we do this from time to time, usually once a month, although it, it kind of varies, where we look at uh, just the statistics, generally speaking, that the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors publishes each month that really gives us a good pulse on the market here locally. Now, the GGAR, it usually takes them a couple of weeks to publish the previous month's uh, stats. And so this is where we find ourselves. I'm recording this um, in the middle of February. Uh, we just received the market stats for the month of January just a few days ago. So that's why uh, we're going to be talking about the month of January, even though we're approaching the latter uh, the latter half, we're, we're already in the latter half of the month of February. Um, as always, most of these statistics are accurate. There are occasionally a few that are inaccurate, and I will let you know if that's the case before I read off the statistics. Usually, I just skip over the ones that are inaccurate, but there sometimes are exceptions to the rule. Um, and, and what happens is, what I've found is that the inaccurate ones get redacted the next month. Um, so if you've been a, a longtime listener to the pod, you already know that, but just a reminder for the newer listeners. All right, so let's jump right in. The Greater Greenville Association of Realtors market stats for the month of, uh, basically through the month, through the end of January, starts with new listings. And the numbers for new listings is really the first number. It's, it's the first number on, on the list, but it's also one of the main numbers that jumps out from this 19-page document that I'm looking at here that they published uh, for the month. January's new listings were 1,271 uh, for the month. 1,271 new listings for the month of January. Uh, and that compares to January of 2021, which had 1,471 new listings. What that means is there is a decrease in new listings year on year by 13.6% for the month of January. Now, how does that compare to prior months? If we're, if we're looking at the past year, how does that compare to prior months? That is the lowest number. And this is usually a very accurate number on here. That is the lowest percent, that is, or I should say the, the highest decrease of any month in the past 12 months. In comparison, um, there have only been 
three months the past year, with, with January being included, three months that had a decrease year-on-year year in new listings. The other months were March of 2021, which had a 2.6% decrease, um, and December of 2021, which had a 2.2% decrease in new listings. So now we have, out of the past 12 months, uh, nine of the months had increases in new listings year-on-year, year, but the past two months, December and January, had two straight decreases, uh, which were the first decreases since March of 2021. Um, so what does this mean? Uh, this means that we're potentially going to see some even tighter inventory levels, and, and we are seeing this. Let's just be honest. We are seeing this. I mean, I remember some days in January uh, where we would have like 20 new listings in the entire Greenville MLS. We would have an entire day of only 20 listings. Like that is unheard of. This is a, a large, robust market. The greater Greenville area has hundreds of thousands of people living in it. To only have 20 listings in a day is absolutely astonishing. But there were some days uh, where we noticed that, where that was the case. Um, and so this is something that we obviously have to monitor. Now, reminder that uh, January is typically a, a down month to begin with to, uh, to some extent. Um, but that was an extremely low January in comparison to other years, uh, to other recent years at least. And we did have a snowstorm, which... If you know anything about Greenville in January, snow of any sort, ice of any sort, any kind of winter event just shuts the city down. It shuts the entire area down. We do not have the infrastructure for all of Greenville's great traits. We don't have the infrastructure to handle snow. And so there were essentially like three days of uh, more or less no listings on, on those days. No new listings uh, during the the time period that that the the city was shut down, and we had that snow. I mean, really, on the roads, you had to be careful on the roads on some roads for at least a week. So that probably suppressed the market quite a bit for the month of January. But the fact that we have two straight months of negative appreciation or negative increases or decreases in new listings tells me that I don't think we can blame the snow 100% on, uh, or we can't blame these stats 100% on the snow. It does appear, for whatever reason, like people are not, uh, have opted not to list their homes during the winter. That is not good. If you remember, this is what is driving prices up, it's the fact that we have such low supply um, while still maintaining a, a substantial demand. And so as long as these numbers stay as low as they are, that is not a good sign uh, for home prices. Um, we're going, it has a, a pending sales statistic. This is one of the ones that is typically inaccurate for the current month. So for the month of January, um, I'm not going to pay attention to the pending sales for the month of January, but I am going to look at the month of December because that number should be accurate by now. And that was a pretty low number. We saw a decrease of 11.4% in 
in pending sales for the month of December. That um, would be the lowest number um, in terms of, of uh, well, that, that's the lowest number in general since 2019. And I, I don't know exactly what to make of that outside of, um, obviously, we had the fewer homes coming on the market. Obviously, um, we had holidays and all of that. Perhaps more people decided we're not going to move over the holidays combined with what was coming on the market. It just didn't make sense um, for them to, to go under contract during that time. I know I had several closings during the month of December. So, um, you know, out of the 990 closings that happened, which is wild, it's wild to think we have thousands of realtors um, and there are only 990 pending sales. And, and by the way, I, I said closings. That's that's not exactly accurate. A pending sales, uh, the definition is a count of properties on which offers have been accepted in a given month. Still, incredibly low number, 990 um, for the month of December. January, it's saying was 785. Um, that's, that's not right. Um, I can tell you right now, um, it did not go that low. We'll have to monitor... Um, next month to see when they redact what January's number was. Um, but regardless, um, the month of, of December's pending sales was the lowest since 2019. Closed sales. Um, this is usually a, a more accurate number. Closed sales for the months of December and January were up. Um, December was 11.7% increase year on year, and January was a 6. 6% increase year on year. Um, so so that's a very interesting number. We saw pending sales going down, but closed sales still going up. We'll have to see, we'll have to monitor if that is, uh, if that is going to continue or not. I know that I'm seeing, just generally speaking, market-wide, we're hearing that uh, some brokerages, their numbers are down from the standpoint of actual closings, but they're still doing very well in terms of, of total sales because of, of the amount of appreciation that we're seeing. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Days on market until sale. This is the average number of days between when a property is listed and when an offer is accepted in a given month. We saw for the month of January a 22.5% decrease in days on market until sale. So that went from 40 days in January of 2022, and sorry, in January of 2021, all the way down to 31 days in January of 2022. Now, um, that is a, a big drop, obviously, 22.5% uh, fewer days on market in, in just one year. However, that's not as big of a drop off as we have seen um, in in quite some time. I mean, I'm these stats only go back to February of last year, so I can't compare. Uh, I don't have previous year's stats um, past February. But um, that would be the, uh, I don't know if I should say the highest or the lowest number. That would be the lowest decrease, all right? That's kind of a double negative, right? Um, so, to make that clear, December had a decrease of 41% year-on-year. November had a decrease also of 41%. Uh, October, 56% decrease in days on market year-on-year. -year. September, 55%. August, 56%. July, 60%. June, 
June 56% and, and so forth and so on. It, it's not quite as those numbers aren't quite as high for the for the uh, winter and spring months of uh, 2021. But you get the point. January's days on market did go down because again, it is still very much a sours market. But in contrast to some of these other months, it hasn't gone down quite as dramatically. Now, that's going to happen. That's not something I don't necessarily think that's a big revelation because guess what? We have to reach a point where eventually, you know, there has to be an average of at least, you know, probably 14 to 20 days at the very least because you're always going to have homes that sit on the market that are overpriced, and you have a lot of people overpricing homes right now that'll sit on the market for a month or two that will drag this number up. Not you would expect me to say it's going to drag the number down, but but that drags this number up um, because for every house that sells after it's been on the market for one day, um, there, well, I should probably say for every five homes that sell uh, after having only been on the market for one day, um, there is, you know, a house that's just sitting there for a month or two or three, whatever the case may be, because they just overpriced it by so much. And then when that home goes under contract, it, it skews these statistics. All that to be said, um, last year in February of 2021, we saw a 29.2% decrease in days on market from 65 days on market, average days on market in 2020, February 2020. So it went from 65 to 46, all right? So probably in February, we will see a decrease from 46 down to 30 or something like that. Um, So like I said, eventually we're going to see these percent changes not be so dramatic because we're starting to run into the point at which we these homes can't sell any faster. At some point, they have sold as quickly as they possibly can. It was two months, over two months, uh, two years ago, and now it's down to one month or fewer. The lowest number of days on market uh, that we've ever had were the months of July and August, where it hit 21. So um, and and October as well hit 21 as well. Most of the year was in the 20s outside of of the winter and spring months. Um, the fact that January here we are in the winter months and we're almost in the 20s. We're at 31 days for January of this year. That indicates that we're uh, it, all appearances are that we're going to see. Most of the year, barring a market shift, most of the year with days on market fewer than 20. So that's something to monitor. All right, median sales price. This is obviously a very important statistic. This tells us um, how things are uh, getting more expensive. You can kind of think of it as appreciation. That's not exactly accurate, um, but roughly speaking, you can think of of it in terms of how the market is appreciating. January of 2022 versus January 21 saw a 17.9% increase in the median sales price. Median being the middle number. We've talked about this in previous shows. I'm not going to get into the weeds, but we look at the median, typically a more accurate number than than the average sales price because of the fact that, you know, if a several $2 million home sell in in one month that skews the average price whereas the median price gives you a more accurate idea of of uh where the market is 
So the month of January saw a 17.9% increase year on year. It went from 237.5, 237,500 in January of 2021, all the way up to 280,000 in January of uh, of this year, 2022. That 17.9% increase, this is going to surprise you, I think. That is the second largest increase uh, from the past 12 months with only December of just two months ago, only December of 21 being the larger increase. The the three largest increases that I have on this sheet that I'm looking at from February of 2021 through January of 22 have been the past three months. November was a 17.3% year-on-year increase. December, a 20% increase year-on-year. January, a 17.9% increase year-on-year. So prices are not, we're not seeing a slowdown on, on prices. That is absolutely not happening. Um, if you're expecting a slowdown to happen, not saying it won't, but uh, the current trend is not very positive in that direction. And so um, the median sales price went down January versus December. De- December had a 288000 uh, median sales price. November had a $285,000 sales price. But we have to look at the the overall trend. December was an anomaly. Normally, December um, is a is a much slower month than it was. I do find it interesting that that these these median sales price increases um, seem to be kind of tracking with the uh, the low new listings as well. I wonder if there is a little bit of a uh, correlation there between as we had fewer new listings towards the end of last year into the beginning of this year, we saw prices going up. That would make sense. Again, the the supply and demand thing, that's something that that we need to to keep track of. Um, We're going to skip over average price because, like I said, I don't think that's super valuable. The percentage of list price received, this is one of my least favorite statistics to just look at as a snapshot, but if you look at the entire trend, it can be helpful. Um, the definition of this one is the percentage found when dividing a property sales price by its most recent list price, which the reason why I don't like this uh, this statistic is because the most recent list price is after potential price changes, okay? So um, a, a, price, a list price could have been lowered and uh, at some point in the process of the listing, and they're basing it off the lowered price, not the not the original price. Um, so you you divide a property sales price by its most recent list price, then taking the average for all properties sold in a given month, not accounting for seller concessions. All right. So again, looking at this just as a snapshot is not super helpful, but looking at it in terms of the entire historical, the entire year is very helpful. So the percent of list price received for the month of January, um, 100.1%. The average listing um, received over list price for what it was listed at that time. How does that compare to uh, the other months going back to February of 2021? Um, Only three months going back to February of 2021 um, had a below 100% number on this. And if you go back to January of, of 2021, I can see on the graph that January was also down. For for a long time, we were getting in the range of 
was kind of historically what the number was. And then this really took off in April of last year. Well, really in March of last year. March of last year went up to 99.5%. The first time since the GGR has tracked this that it had ever gone up to that number. And then uh, that it had ever surpassed. uh, Let's see here. I'm just looking at, at at the numbers here. Yes. I believe it looks. It appears to me that that was the first time it had ever surpassed ninety nine percent, and then after that it went up to a hundred percent. Basically, for the rest of the year, October it dipped down to ninety nine point nine percent. But in essence, um, since March of last year, sellers are getting what they have it listed for, what they have their their property listed for, or more, and that appears to be continuing into twenty twenty two. Um, housing affordability index. This is the index that measures housing affordability for the region. For example, an index of 120 means the median household income is 120% of what is necessary to qualify for the median priced home under prevailing interest rates. A higher number means greater affordability. I just read that straight off the number here. So we want this number to be over 100, right? We want um, 100 on average, we want the population, the median household income to be at least 100% of what is necessary to purchase a median priced home. Um, That has been now under 100 since the beginning of of last year. And right now, that that, the beginning of last year was the first time in history, um, sorry, really the, it wasn't the beginning of last year, it did dip below 100 in 2020 a couple of times, um, but the beginning of last year was when it finally became the norm. Okay, housing affordability, now that the median household can no longer afford the median priced home, um, that became the norm last year. We didn't have a single month where it was at 100 or higher. Um, it was 99 in uh, January and February. Think yeah, I, again I, I'm trying to look at January off the graph. February was 99. I think January was right in that range, um, and now it's all the way down to 85 for the month of January. Now that's a little bit higher than November December, um, and we can credit you know the beginning of the year is a little bit slower. So um, even though some of these uh, some of these prices are um, you know we're still seeing prices go up. It's still January is still a little bit, generally speaking, more affordable month than the others. But that 85 housing affordability index is still a 15% decrease versus um, January of 2021, where it was 100. Um, oh, okay. There, yeah, sorry. Now I can see it. It actually was right at 100 uh, for the month of January 2021. So that that was the last month that we saw, um, quote unquote affordable housing in terms of our local market was January exactly a year ago. Now it's down to 85. Um, That's not going to change any time soon. Um, Inventory of homes available. This is one of the ones that for the current month, the month of January is going to be inaccurate. Um, So we're just going to look at the trend. Um, The trend has been um, not good. Um, We have, we went from January of 2021 was 1.6 months supply of inventory. We we ideally have that number above above three. Uh, you know, is kind of ideal. Even that is still very much a seller's market. 
um, but it's a little bit more comfortable of a seller's market if our month's supply of inventory is, is three or more. Um, and uh, just to read the statistic, what it what it dictates, it's the inventory of homes for sale at the end of a given month divided by the average monthly pending sales from the last 12 months. Remember, I said that the pending sales number tends to be inaccurate. That's why the month's supply of inventory for the current month also tends to be inaccurate because those two numbers are tied together. Um, so we saw it last year go from 1.6 in January of 2021 all the way down to the lowest month was May of 2021, which was 1.1 months supply of inventory. December ended with 1.2 months supply of inventory. Pretty much ever, for, for the year, we saw a decrease of, in general, 45.8%. Um, actually, that that number is it is inaccurate. It's actually higher than that because that's factoring in January's number, which is uh, which is lower than it should be. Um, so, needless to say, we are trending in the wrong direction in terms of month supply of inventory. December it was 1.2 months, which was a decrease from the 1.7 in December of 2020. That was a 29.4 percent decrease. I would not be shocked. We'll have to see next month when it comes out, but I would not be shocked if January of this year was the lowest month on record. It, it I think it will at least tie the month of May, uh, which was 1.1, and I would not be surprised if it goes to one month or less than one month. Um, again, we'll have to track that. That is one of the most important numbers on here because that determines what, that, that tells you what the market's doing. As it's it's tighter at the lower that number goes the tighter the market gets the more of a seller's market it is um let's look into briefly here this has actually gone a little bit longer than i anticipated but it's no problem with me if it's no problem with you um a, a few just specific things that i find interesting on the closed sales so we saw not surprisingly, decreases in closed sales below 250,000. The price point 150 to 250,000 had a decrease of 9.8% uh, year on year. The, <clears throat> excuse me, the 150,000 and below num um, sale saw a 25.8% decrease year on year. And that's to be expected uh, because housing is becoming less affordable, there are fewer homes available in the 250,000 and below price point. So um, we're going to continue to see decreases there. The 250 to $350,000 uh, price point saw a 33.5% increase year on year. No surprise there. Um, I think the, the number on here that pops the most is the 350 to $500 price point saw a 55% uh 55.3% increase year on year. So there's a lot more closing sales now happening in that 350 to 500 range. Um even the 500 to 750 range saw a 25.2% increase. The 750 to 1 million range saw a 48.6% increase although there's far fewer far less volume um that's actually closing once you get above 500,000. Um and then a million and above saw a 38.5% increase. Again, 500 and above, The if you were looking at the graph that I'm looking at, it's it's much lower numbers than all of these, uh, these other categories. But needless to say, we're seeing a lot more closings than historically for the more expensive homes. 
and we should continue to see that. Here's another number that really pops out to me uh, that stands out as far as uh, as far as these closed transactions. So January of 2022 versus January of 2021 saw a 6.2% increase in closings on single-family homes. That's not a very high number in comparison to some of these other uh, numbers that we've been looking at, but condos saw a 34.1% increase year-on-year. Year. It went from uh, January of 21, 14, 28, 1,428 to January of 22, 1,915. People are buying more condos um, than they have in the past, and that is directly related to affordability. Condos, the, and, and it's also directly related to what developers are doing. Developers are realizing that they have to build more affordable housing as much as possible. The simplest way to do that is to build condos. Um, and so people uh, that used to be able to afford single-family homes are now having to uh, to buy condos. That's just the, the reality of the situation. Um, that's all that I'm going to look at with, with regard to all of those numbers. I'm, but I'm going to mention one other thing. We have seen, and by the time this show actually publishes, we may see uh, mortgage rates go above 4%. We're, we're knocking on the door of 4% uh, in terms of the average mortgage rate. Um, that's going to have a, a major ripple effect in terms of the market. That should, um, that that's going to be a bad thing for a lot of people. That's going to cause some people to not be able to afford homes that they previously could. Um, and that might catch some sellers by surprise that we might see um, some inventory level out just a little bit. I mean, I don't see it leveling out dramatically uh, because there's so much that would have to do. But this might, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cut both ways. It's going to hurt some affordability. But as the market balances out and accounts for higher mortgage rates, that may result in fewer bidding wars. That may result... Um, in situations where, where people are no longer able to afford the homes that they were barely able to afford before. So we have to keep an eye out on this on this number. Um, we saw 30-year mortgage rates, which is what I'm referring to with the 4% number. We saw um, some 30-year rates last year, you know, in the twos. We saw several of them. Well, now we're starting to, to knock on the door of 4%. That's a very, very big difference um, now that's still historically quite low, um, so it's not. It doesn't mean that it's a bad time to buy. Just um, you know, oh man, mortgage rates are up to four percent. Forget it. No, that that still could end up being. We still might not see it ever go back down this low because historically that's quite low. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, um, but that's something that we will have to keep track on in the upcoming weeks. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sorry that it went so long. Hopefully, I didn't bore the daylights out of you. But if I didn't bore the daylights out of you, if you enjoyed every moment of this and you are a prime candidate to subscribe, rate, and review the show, so please do that. All my contact information is in the show notes. I hope you guys stay safe and have a wonderful rest of the week.